You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Anthony Marino, happy to be here with you once again, talking everything Buffalo Bills. And here we are kind of in the heart of the offseason, right? You get that period. Super Bowl seems like it was uh, a long time ago. We still got about five weeks until the start of free agency. And as you look at things, right, it's going to be interesting what kind of news updates there are out there in the world of the NFL and what you really start to find and, and what kind of indications and tidbits we get around the Buffalo Bills. At this time right now, you know, I find myself looking forward to free agency a lot. Of course, there's a talk about some potential contract extensions whether you're talking about guys like Deion Dawkins, Jordan Poyer, Matt Milano, of course, Trey White. But it is interesting because until the new collective bargaining agreement is signed, and Matt Warren had a great article on the site at buffalorumblings.com, it is going to be a bit hard to, uh, to do some of those contract extensions based on it being the last year of the CBA and some of the provisions that are there. I would encourage you to take a look at it because I think as we talk about some of those contract extensions, without a new CBA in place, it's going to be interesting for the Bills to see, one, do they get very creative with different things like signing bonuses and roster bonuses to make that happen, to get those guys under contract, to commit those dollars so they can account for them and then make the adjustments after the new CBA? Or is it something that they honestly you know, just kind of put it on the back burner for right now and go into the 2020 season? And let's just say take that gamble uh, a little bit. I think as we go through it, it's going to be very interesting for the Bills. Uh, that's Again, th- that, that side of the CBA, it adds a, a little wrinkle to it. But right now I'm going to talk a, a little bit more about the wide receivers that are available in free agency because I think that continues to be the hot-button issue for Bills fans. Uh, a couple of weeks ago I did the first edition of Mocking the Bills I did not have them taking a wide receiver in the first three rounds. And uh, let's just say the comments that I got were not all that favorable, that there was nothing addressing the wide receiver position. We all know any mock drafts that take place before free agency, it talks a little bit more about need, certain things, but without knowing who the team might re-sign, guys that they may sign in free agency, what that may all look like, it's it's a bit of a crapshoot at this point. But Listen, that's why we do mock drafts. They're fun. They get people talking. You look at certain things. Now, you you know, you fast forward to, to the last one that I did, and, and I did two, two different pieces that, uh, that many fans liked. First, I traded back, adding an additional second-round pick for the Bills. And second, I took Justin Jefferson, the wide receiver from LSU, which, uh, you know, at least it was drafting a wide receiver. You know, there's still some, some chatter out there of who would have been a better pick. This one would have been available or that one. But, you know, Bills fans, I think when we talk about the draft, the opportunity to trade back is something we're always fans of. And obviously wanting to see the team address the wide receiver position. 
Now, with all of that being said, you still got to wait and see what happens in free agency. And and with that, I think when you talk about the wide receiver market, things might get a little bit bonkers. And I say that because I think it's one of those pieces where as Bills fans, many of us look at what Brandon Bean did during the 2019 offseason. You look at the contracts that were given to John Brown and Cole Beasley, relatively responsible contracts, right? For the most part, you know, the first year guaranteed if the things didn't work out and the team wanted to get out of the contract after that first season, not a lot of dead cap space in either one of those deals. Now, fast forward just a little bit. You look at the the rapport that they both developed with Josh Allen. You look at the product they delivered on the field. We all feel confident that the Bills will have Cole Beasley and John Brown back in the 2020 season. After that, it's wide open, right? And you look at things, and I realize as fans, we we have an affinity for certain guys on the roster. I myself, I've, I've liked certain things that Isaiah McKenzie has done. We know there's a ton of Duke Williams fans out there. And if you go back to the 2018 season, you know, there's many of us that would look at the things that uh, Robert Foster did on the field. And, and you like what he brings. Andre Roberts, I don't clump in there as much because he's really more of a return specialist as opposed to a wide receiver to me. But, you know, he's still part of that conversation. And, and when you look at it, right, the Bills, and you can say this uh, about the team with, the, you know, like the exception of like a Tremaine Edmonds and Trey White. You know, you're talking about guys that have the potential to be elite. And as much as we like guys like John Brown and Cole Beasley, they're very good professional football players. They are not elite wide receivers. And that's no knock on them, right? It's reflected in the contract. It's reflected in their production. And uh, and they're two very important pieces to this team. But when you talk about what the team needs, right, to continue to take that step, you talk about having elite playmakers on offense. And, you know, you can look at it right now and you think to yourself, we do not have those. I like what I've seen from Devin Singletary so far, but we've already talked about adding another piece with him to have some sort of a dynamic duo because I don't see him as that bell cow back at this time. Dawson Knox, we like the potential that we see with him. As we talked on the last podcast, maybe a Greg Olson, maybe an Eric Ebron, maybe a Hunter Henry. Like, There's some names out there, and there's something that the Bills can do to get better at tight end. Wide receiver is such a hot button topic, right? You think to drafts in the past, you know, think of the years we look at the quarterbacks and we're just analyzing all of those pieces. For this year, for 2020, that is what's going to take place with the wide receivers. But before we get to the draft, we got to deal with free agency. And the part where I say it's going to get a little bit bonkers is because Amari Cooper, the free agent from the Dallas Cowboys, is going to set the market. Now, I don't think he is in a position where he is going to leave Dallas. I think they're going to figure out what they need to do to sign Dak Prescott, to sign him, and they'll make that work. Now, it may have another bit of a trickle-down effect to some of their other free agents, but with that being said, right, the Cowboys, $77 million in cap space, looking to take care of those two contracts. I think they will figure out a way to do it. Cooper is probably going to get somewhere in the neighborhood of $20 million, right? So, Because if he hit free agency, I'm sure he would be able to command at least that type of an offer. So now is the top wide receiver free agent out there, right? $20 million is kind of that starting point. Now you look at some of the other guys that have signed, 
right? The the contract extension for Larry Fitzgerald, one year, eleven and a half million dollars. Again, based on his career, his longevity in Arizona, you know, you see that taking place. But based on productivity, guys could use that as a benchmark and say, Larry Fitzgerald's getting eleven and a half. This is the way that I'm performing and try to drive that market up. Devontae Parker signed a three-year, $30 million contract with the uh, Dolphins uh, just uh, just before the end of the season, sometime in December there. So you look at some of the contracts that have been signed with wide receivers so far, and then you look at some of the other names that are out there. Of course, we've talked about A.J. Green in the past. Track has him somewhere in the neighborhood of $9 million a year in his next contract, maybe for two years Plenty of question marks with him still. The, the more I think about A.J. Green as an option for the Bills, the more questions I have and, and the less keen I get to that idea. Some folks have thrown out the name of Robbie Anderson, the speedy receiver for the New York Jets. Again, I hear different projections somewhere in the neighborhood of 13 to $14 million per season. And when you think of that type of contract and you think about the investment that you're going to make, you know, I'm, I'm not going to pay 13 to 14 million dollars a year for Robbie Anderson. I'd rather bump it up to, you know, let's say 16, 17 million dollars and go after a, a stud defensive end like a Matt Judon, maybe a Bud Dupree, make a run at somebody like that that I feel like can have a greater impact than someone as a wide receiver that I would, I would lump Robbie Anderson into that type of category with someone like John Brown. Yeah, it has the potential for 80 catches and 1,000 yards. That could be very good. But I think at this point, we're talking about someone that is a playmaker, is a difference maker, and has a chance to be elite. And I just don't see that with him at this time. Some of the other guys out there, their names kind of pop up as free agents. Uh, Rashad Perriman is going to be a popular one. You know, uh, again, a, a high draft pick that looked like he was a bust for numerous spots, stops that he made, and then all of a sudden he ends up with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now he's probably somewhere, and I haven't really seen the projections yet, but if I had to guess, he is going to command something similar to what John Brown got, you know, $9 million a year, maybe front-loaded, maybe three or four years. But again, it's right, it's like kind of beware of that player in the contract year. And he explodes down the stretch once Mike Evans is out, and that's all fine and good. I mean, hey, good for him. Help the Tampa Bay Buccaneers stay competitive down the stretch. But as you move forward with it, I mean, you have to think to yourself, you know, again, people will say, oh, well, the Bills, you know, Shaq Lawson, if you're going to re-sign him, his best season the last year of the contract. You know, I, I thought I thought Shaq did okay in year three of his contract. I thought he did well in year four, and I think – you know, he is taken to all of those pieces. You look at someone like Perriman, I'm intrigued by it. But again, five games does not, you know, really justify, call it a four-year, $35 million contract, something in that neighborhood. But someone's going to pay him because guys are looking for wide receivers. They're looking to see what they can get out on the market. And he is going to be one of those names. You know, others that pop up there, Emmanuel Sanders, what's he going to end up doing? Does he want to be back in the 49ers? We know he was distraught after the Super Bowl loss. It'll be interesting to see what takes place with him. Uh, Devin Funchess was a popular name amongst uh, fans as a bigger wide receiver last year. Don't really see that happening. Again, coming off a, a season where he was only able to play in one game 
he signed that one year, $10 million contract. But I, I guess where I'm kind of going with this is, right, we we talk a lot about what the team is going to do in free agency. But I don't know if there's any of these receivers out here that I would look at and say, that is going to be a prime target for the Bills. You know, again, if, if they're going to look at somebody to sign in free agency, I don't see them making that big swing for someone like an Amari Cooper, even if he were to hit the open market. Um, A.J. Green, right, again, if you're talking about somewhere around $9 million a year, maybe they look at that and say, hey, we bring him, him in, you know, then we can get a rookie and, and, and see what takes place there. You know, obviously a bit of a gamble based on his injury history the last two years. You look at the rest of the names that are out there, though, it's not like there is a ton that you're thinking to yourself, oh, man, I really hope the Bills are going to go out and, you know, make a run at a Tavon Austin. Not something that they need, right? I mean, they've had that in some ways, and like an Isaiah McKenzie, you know, maybe Austin is a fourth or fifth receiver, but not someone you put high up on the list. You know, do names like uh, Chris Hogan excite you? Probably not. Rashad Higgins, Nelson Aguilar. Philip Dorsett, again, I, I think some of these guys you can look at and say, listen, if the Bills were going to bring them in as a fourth or fifth receiver, I, I'd be okay with that, right? Someone uh, almost, uh, you think the approach that they made last year along the offensive line, you signed uh, uh, Spencer Long, you signed John Feliciano, you signed, um, what's his name, Quentin Spain. You know, you're bringing on guys, you're stacking talent on top of talent and seeing how things play out and have guys so I think that part in itself is obviously all good there. You know, so if you're talking about the depth and you've got, again, guys like a Philip Dorsett, a Tavon Austin competing with an Isaiah McKenzie, a Robert Foster, a Duke Williams, those types of things taking place, that's all fine and good. But for the Bills, right, they need they need someone to to line up across from John Brown that that, again, has that star playmaker potential. And, and as I talk through it, it has me thinking more and more that, man, is the draft really going to be that place for the Buffalo Bills? And uh, I know we talked to before in, in one of the last mock drafts we did about them trading back, but uh, I could even see the Bills trading up to get a wide receiver. And I know for some fans, it's flashbacks of Sammy Watkins. I'm not talking about anything crazy like that, but if you've got a package pick number 22, maybe a third round pick and a fourth round pick or a third and a fifth, you know, to move up five or six spots to get somebody like a Henry Ruggs. I don't think a Jerry Judy or a CD lamb will, will be there in that type of situation. But my point is right. Like if, if Brandon Bean identifies a guy, cause I don't see him finding it in free agency that the draft is going to be interesting for the bills because how aggressive will they look to get, let's call it that future number one wide receiver for them. Uh, it's not like John Brown and Cole Beasley are spring chickens. I mean, I, I, that sounds bad, but right. Like, as they're getting closer to their age 30 year, who knows what things will look like for both of them at the end of these contracts, but for the bills, if they can get that future wide receiver piece to pair up with this offense, I think that will be interesting for them. But again, I look at this, uh, the free agent class, there's not a whole lot there that would excite me, and I don't think it would really excite fans too much. So, you know, as we go through it, I think so much of the shift will go to the draft as uh, we talk about a real deep uh, wide receiver class coming out here in 2020. And of course, we'll dig into that as we go along.
in future podcasts. So, you know, with this, again, if there's wide receivers that you think maybe I'm missing as I look at the list and certain pieces, maybe there's guys that, that you would say, hey, the Bills should really be in a position to, you know, to go after someone. And there could be guys that end up getting cut too. I mean, who knows what the Chiefs are going to do with a guy like Sammy Watkins. Are, you know, his contract is, is crazy. Are they going to get rid of him? You know, there's also been talk of like, hey, is someone like Odell Beckham Jr. going to get traded? Are the Patriots going to look to make a move? It is a way to entice Tom Brady to come back and everything that goes with that. It's, you know, it's out there right now, right? As you go through so many of these pieces. But I'm always curious to get your feedback. Leave it in the comments section here at buffalorumblings.com because I want to hear what you think too. I mean, is it free agency? Is it the draft? Of course, I think it's a combination of both. But for me, if I'm doing anything at wide receiver and free agency, I'm probably looking at some guys like Philip Dorsett, maybe a Tavon Austin, again, that can be that fourth or fifth wide receiver that can really provide some good competition. And as much as I like guys like Isaiah McKenzie, Duke Williams, Robert Foster, Maybe this is something that pushes them out in this situation and gives the team an upgrade. Some guys with some more experience, a little bit more of a track record. And, uh, you know, heaven forbid something happens to one of your starters. They've got that experience where they can step in as well. So, as always, we appreciate you guys tuning in to Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. I hope you've already subscribed to the Buffalo Rumblings podcast channel. If you haven't done so yet, I would encourage you to do so so you can get all of our great shows Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, Buffalo Rumblings Q&A, Believe, Blitz Bills, Circling the Wagons, and the Nick and Nolan Show. So I encourage you to check all of those out each and every week as we have got you covered. So I'm going to head out right now. I appreciate you guys tuning in. I'll be back with you next week. And as always, go Bills. Take care. Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust-building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash vox for $1,000 off Vanta. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.